Hello, beautiful people. I am here because I just want to give you uh, some quick information. I also took a small break from recording right now. I am still preparing and working on those two episodes that I'm going to have coming up, but I had a medical procedure done and I do need to take some time to recover. And it kind of came out of nowhere, you know, one of those. And I apologize for not being consistent this month, but I've been getting a lot of questions about reporting to police as a victim of child sex abuse. So I really wanted to just give you my story and what exactly that process was, how I got through it, and all the steps it took to report. Because I think there's not enough out there. So I've reported a a few crimes, actually. And the I've reported years back, it was about 10 years ago, I reported a rape in Fort Sam Houston, Texas. And it was right after it happened. I was drugged by a taxi cab driver and um, and then taken to a, a hotel room and then brought after the assault, I was brought back to base. He gave me, I, I accepted a drink from him and he had drugged me. So I told that to police. They literally laughed in my face and thank heavens for the victim's advocate I had with me. She was a beast. <laughs> but the thing is, sometimes that's the way it is. If you're in a, depending on the state, depending on the police force there, I'm hoping that that 10 years difference, it's different, that it's different now, that there is a change. The police officer I went to for my child sex abuse um, was fantastic. Basically, the first thing you want to do is you want to go to the police department that the crime was committed. So for me, the crime committed in Davis. So I went to the Davis Police Department. I looked up their phone number and I gave them a phone call. And I really, I feel like I waited, well, I waited 28 years. That's a long time. I thought that I wasn't going to be believed. I minimized the crime. Many, many victims do. And that's okay. But also the fact that I was not believed before or rather laughed at. I don't know if I was believed or not. Um, I think that made a difference in, in how I reported. But you don't have to wait that long. You don't have to. I think there's a lot of police departments who will believe you and will treat you the way you should be treated. But literally um, having evidence, if you have a diary from when you were younger, if you wrote down uh, anything, if you have a witness, if you have someone who was around during that time where you were abused, that is a great thing to have and that will help you. But even if you don't have those things, I believe that um, many police are a lot better these days about taking statements from child abuse victims. And my hope is that you are believed as well. When I reported, the initial officer was someone different, and it was a woman, and it, so it was great reporting to a woman. It was very calming. I went through my story roughly. She took some notes, and then they said they would get back in contact with me. So I left the police station with this huge, huge weight just lifted off of me. It was fantastic. And it was way less difficult than I thought it was going to be. 
I was petrified before I went in. And I waited until, honestly, the Davis Vanguard had posted the news articles about Grace Valley because I I didn't think I was going to be believed. But I really was. I think regardless of those newspaper articles, they would have believed me. I'm sure of it. And I went ahead and went back home. Things were much easier for me after that. This whole secret and trauma that I had been holding on to, I had taken that and I had exposed it and brought it to the light and I had put it on the offender and not on me anymore. I was not carrying that anymore because I had reported it. And it's a huge, huge relief. So also it was way, way less difficult than I thought it was going to be. Now, an important thing to know is the statute of limitations in whichever state you're in. Those vary, and some of them are absolutely ridiculous timelines. And like New York has a very small amount of time right now um, where you can report. But also, even if you don't fall in that in that category, in that timeline, um, in that small amount of time for reporting, there's still hope. That's not that's not it. And you can talk to lawyers. I would recommend going online and contacting a bunch of lawyers because some of them won't get back to you. Some of them will take forever to get back to you. Um, I kind of just like, (laughs) I just mass emailed a bunch of um, lawyers and they did get back to me. I'm still getting phone calls back now. And they'll tell you if you fit the criteria, if you fall within this amount of time, and if there's any way around, you know, the timeline, because there's a lot of things that that they'll be able to figure out for you that I won't be able to help you with. Um, but once you once you talk to them, it'll it'll give you a good understanding. And every state is different, and they're still fighting. There's still laws uh, being fought by people to get passed to give victims a larger amount of time because it is absolutely ridiculous and unacceptable that we have this small amount of time to report these crimes committed against us when child sex abuse is one of those crimes that is very difficult to confront, to wrap your head around, to even report because it is it is very traumatic and difficult to deal with. And I think that pedophiles know this and it probably makes them happy that they can get away with this so many times without anybody pushing back. I was the first person to report my pedophile, and I did not think that would be the case. Did you know a typical pedophile commits 117 assaults or crimes in his life against children? That is a lot, and it's really sad that it's so difficult for us to confront this. But I'm telling you, once you get past the part where you just contact the police and tell them, it gets so much easier after that. So it's still difficult. It's always going to be difficult, but it got way easier for me. So the next interview that happened was they called me in and they actually assigned me a detective. So he was the one who was going to investigate my case. So he takes a recorder out. He records everything I say. He makes me go into great detail and, you know, close my eyes. What do I smell? What do I see? What was I wearing? Every little detail. And then I just tried the best I could. Um, and then if you have a journal or something from when you were a child or a person who can, 
who has any any knowledge of what happened to you. Like that is huge. That's huge. So definitely don't hold back on that information. You know, even if the person's not willing to talk about it, you know, just just tell the police anyways, because um, people change their minds sometimes. Sometimes you can be a lot braver than you think you are. And that's because we've, we've made it our whole lives coping with this trauma. That takes enormous amounts of strength. Now, the strength that it takes to report is huge, but it's nothing compared to what you've lived through already. So after I went through the detailed, the detailed story to the police officer, the detailed, um, he went ahead and he, he, um, looked up the phone number for the perpetrator and he tried to find it. So the misconception is that the police are like CSI and they have this computer that has access to everyone in the world. That's not how it goes. He, it took him some time to, to find these phone numbers and they were actually the wrong phone numbers. So I went ahead and looked up the phone number on my own and I contacted someone who helped me and that was huge. He had me call him and he set up a recorder to record the call. I went ahead and called and the plan was to get information out of him to try and get him to give me some give the police something some um some like confession even if it's just a little thing like he was there like you know anything the guy I called did not pick up the phone but I left a message for him to call me back and I was amazed at how I left this message I thought I was gonna sound like a wreck but I did not. Like, I managed to sound fine. And he never called me back, but that's okay. Uh, I had completed that step, and that took an enormous amount of bravery. That was, I think, scarier than than reporting it. But also, you know, the police are going to see how difficult it, it is for you. And I think that adds a level of credibility. I don't know. I'll try and look at the positive side. <laughs> um, thankfully, yes, i I believe police are more inclined to believe uh, victims of child sex abuse these days than they may have been in the past. After I did that phone call, he went ahead and told me he would, the next step was to interview the offender. So that ended up taking a few weeks. And what I learned from lawyers is that you need to call the police. You need to keep calling your detective who, who's investigating. And sometimes you've got to push them to do um, their job. Now, I happen to have a great detective, so it didn't really take much pushing at all. I just kind of like called him here and there to like see what was up. I gave him like my total respect and like I was so, sh you know, I always acted on the phone. I'm so sure, you know, you're going to do this and, and thank you so much. You know, I really appreciate what you're doing for me and all that. So, so that was... He ended up uh, going and interviewing him. And that is after that. So he went ahead and he was like, do you want me to call you and tell you? And I was like, yes, please tell me. So he did. Also, um, also, I forgot to mention this, but you have the choice to put your name in this in this case file. So when you're reporting your abuser, you do not have to put your name down. You can let yourself be known as a confidential victim or whatever it is. And 
that's something like you, I think they'll probably tell you this, but just in case they don't, remember, you do not want your name in there because in case um, there is any retaliation. So after he went and interviewed him, you know, that's that's when the offender knew what was going on and he knew that I was accusing him of this. So that step had been, ta- been taken and yes, it freaked me out a little bit, but um, but I had, um, I think I'd come so far that it doesn't matter anymore and he's already scared me long enough. It's not worth it. No, it's not worth sacrificing any shred of you trying to avenge what happened to you. And yeah, I'm, I'm parked in the country right now, so you're probably hearing cars pass by. It's really peaceful and relaxing. <laughs> but I apologize. I'm not in my studio. Um, but sometimes you just got to heal. Sometimes you can't push yourself too hard um, because you, you're going to know your breaking points. And it's really important to respect those, which is something I've learned. I've always wanted to be like, I'm so tough. I can take all this on. I have to. I have to. You don't have to. Um, you're not superhuman. Everything reaches a breaking point. And yes, we are the strongest things in this world. <laughs> We're the strongest people ever. And but even the strongest need breaks. And um so while you're going through this process, be easy on yourself and be proud of yourself. Fuck yes, be proud. You are so much stronger. We are so much stronger than they are. They're just uh, shady bitches. Oh my God. They're just pathetic. Preying on children? Like, come on. That is the most most pathetic shit. When you're going through this process of um, the police officer, after the interview, I think they go ahead and they gather information. They're going to talk to anybody that knew you from then um, that you give them information on. They're going to look at whatever evidence you have, uh, whatever evidence there is, and they're going to take all that information and go to the DA and ask if that's enough and if they should prosecute. So that's the next step. Now, even if you don't get this far, even if it's it's too late, your the statute of limitations is up, I mean, your story is going to be there and somebody else who is also a victim can now come forward and add that to your claim. And that can mean so much. And you can actually get justice for your trauma as well, sometimes this way, because more people are going to come out and, you know, they may not, but it's there and having it there and not on you anymore was, that was everything for me. Like that majorly helps with the healing process for me um put the dirt on them it's theirs and it's theirs to carry we've carried it long enough uh this is as far as i am in the process but i will keep you updated if you have any more questions please feel free to email me at decultstruction at gmail.com another thing i do is i spend time in groups rape surviving groups victims of child sex abuse, uh, victims of domestic violence. It's incredibly healing to help other people cope with their trauma and um, go through their healing processes. I found that it is incredibly helpful. It's it's like an addiction for me right now (laughs) going onto these sites and trying to help people work through their their stuff as well. Um, But whatever helps you. And I would recommend staying away from alcohol. I actually had to quit. I, I couldn't, I couldn't do it because being victims of trauma 
we have a lot of pain that we carry every day and anything that helps relieve that pain or numb that pain oh my gosh you know that's something that it's very easy for us to abuse and that's not our fault i hate referring to us as addicts of any kind i mean addicts i hate to give that stigma for me it's it's numbing it's numbing the pain you know i'm not a alcoholic i am just tend to get sucked into pain relievers, you know? Alcohol um, was mine. So I had to stop that. I did. And that's okay. But that's not my fault. And that's not your fault. Uh, But I would recommend trying to heal naturally and not focus on the pain relievers because that can cause more problems for you. And you're just putting off you're just putting it off. It's it's not going to go away. <laughs> it's just going to get worse. And facing it head on is not as bad as you think. And that's what I found out. I was really like, like once I did and I faced it and I fought, I was like, this? Like seriously? This is what I was going through in this endless cycle of just self-destruction and <laughs> trauma and like re-traumatizing myself. It was so bad compared to just facing the problem and attacking it head on. And I know it's hard. I know it's so hard, but you have other people there too. <laughs> We're all here and I support you and I love you. And I want you to know that you are so incredibly brave, so brave. Like words cannot even express like how fucking brave you are how strong you are for still being alive and for fighting. That is immense strength. Never sell yourself short. You are fantastic. And I'm here for you. Um, I'm sending you positive vibes. And please email me with any questions. Take care. Love you so much.